Fantasy Hockey Picks and Bets. I'm your host, DJ Mitchell, here in my new newest edition jersey. I got a Tampa Bay Lightning Nikita Kucherov, uh, all black. It's got the, I don't even know what to, to call this design, but it, it's a, the alternate jersey. Um, they just won the outdoor game against Nashville, and that was a ton of fun to watch. But if you were watching hockey on Saturday and you did not also have your other TV or phone or tablet or whatever you use, tuned into the Toronto Maple Leafs game, then you missed out on an historic, historic, historic game. Um, we're going to get to that in, in our first matchup of the day. And I'm telling you right now, I haven't seen a game like that in my life. I don't, I don't know if we, if we have ever seen a game like this. And it was really, really cool to see. Um, I had the Toronto puck line. I was feeling real good about it, but let's not waste too much time here. We're, we're going to talk about Toronto first in the first game. So might as well just dive right in here. So we are three games Monday, the February 28th, correct? Yeah, February 28th, the last day of February. Probably should have paid my landlord here. <laughs> um, and we have three really fun um, games. And the reason is, is because all these games are pretty close to the mean, uh, which I have not had a slate for in a long time. Uh, so I'm excited to get right into it. All of these games are starting after 7.30 Eastern time. So plenty of time to get out of work take a look at everything, get some bets in. Um, and the final nightcap we have at 1030. So you can stay up late in the night. If you're on the East coast or on the West coast, you can enjoy watching the final game and maybe sweating out a DFS lineup. So we'll start with Toronto at Washington. Now the last game for Toronto was a absolute doozy. So for starters, the expected goals in this game, if going by, I'm just going to go off of what uh, hockey biz has, 3.2 goals were expected for Toronto to a 2.2 expected goals for Detroit. Now, expected goals generally come in a bit lower than the actual because, well, uh, goalies aren't always making every save that they probably should. That being said, a team giving up seven on 2.2 is really bad, but 10 on 3.2 is got to be worse mathematically. And wow, I, I can't really put into words watching that game the the emotion uh that i felt other than pure pain when toronto almost blew the puck line for me but ends up pulling it out amazing stuff um it's hard for me to bet toronto here after watching that game i think what's even more impressive than toronto scoring 10 is they didn't have a single power play I personally am going to go back to the well on Toronto. I bet it really early the moment the line came out because I thought it would be a bit disrespectful to Toronto. And it was, um, the lines already moved a good bit. So I don't know where it's going to land, but Toronto is right now minus minus one thirty on the road in DC. Now the capitals on the other side of this played a putrid game. Um, it was one of the slower paced games I've seen in, in the recent, maybe, you know, 10, 12 days. They lost two to one expected goals were 2.6 for the capitals to 1.9 for Philadelphia. So Philadelphia had no offense at all, just squeaked two goals in on about two goals expected and Washington couldn't score. And th the problem with Washington really is the bottom six is bad. I, I don't think that that's going to, you know, go overlooked. I mean, yeah, it's Garrett Hathaway, not the worst player in the world. I think that's fair to say at this point, but if you're relying on him to score, when your top line isn't going, that is not going to be your best case scenario. Now they started the game with Kuznetsov, Shiri, Ovechkin ended up shifting it back to Ovi Kuzi and Wilson 
Backstrom, Oji, um, Shiri, Oji being back in this one. So, I mean, I think you could kind of go a couple different ways. I think Washington's going to be a, a little bit contrarian uh, in DFS, but probably not insanely contrarian, being as a lot of models will now think that Toronto is completely porous. And also, they kind of broke a lot of models with how many goals they scored above expected themselves. So this game might end up getting piled on. It's hard to know off the cuff. OV down to 8,400 feels like a not a bad spot to jam. Obviously a lot going on kind of behind the scenes with him. Could be other stuff weighing on his mind with, you know, all the quotes. You can read them if you'd like. Um, you can talk yourself out of him if you'd like here, but I think that he's a good play. Um, Toronto has no goaltending. And Washington also, their goaltending is pretty bad. Um, they've kind of given up more goals against expected a lot recently. And, and the past two games, they've been just not good on either side of the ice. So I think you could really talk me into a lot here. Um, I think this is probably the easiest game to get excited about in DFS. I like the over at six. I actually took it at six and a half, but I don't think it's a slam dunk. And I, I do think a lot of people are going to come in on the over just because of last game. It isn't an, this is something you necessarily have to do here, but I did play it. Uh, I would be disingenuous not to at least mention that. Um, put a nice little $25 on it. I think it's more than likely going to hit. The goaltending's bad. Washington will not get Vanacek back. They sent him to Hershey to get some games in the AHL. And Toronto, it doesn't really matter who they're starting because those Campbell and Mrazek have been terrible. At least Campbell's had some good games. Mrazek hasn't really had many, if, if any, great games. Um, just kind of pulling up his game log, if you'd like. I mean, there's a couple games sprinkled in there where you're like, okay, yeah, like the game against Minnesota, he, he played really well. And then, you know, came in in relief and got the win with six saves on eight shots. Uh, impressive, impressive stuff there. So, yep, not, not fantastic news. Um, but I think that this game, like I said, should have a bit higher pace than the other two. And I'll get to all the reasons why. So I think that this is probably my favorite over. Um, it's yeah, this this and then I, honestly I don't mind the next game either but yeah Toronto uh, I like them fine here I think this is a decent spot for them to get it right they haven't really had a get right game lately um, so maybe if you want to talk yourself into that as well um, and as far as props are concerned I do think that you could talk a, a lot of things on Toronto make sense looking at their last game they ran a pretty even kind of smattering of the top six and then guys like uh, Spezza Robertson and um, Simmons got like very, very little run, but I expected to get back to normal. The, I guess the, the one piece of, uh, you know, food for thought here is if you're trying to jam in a lot of upper tier guys, do you get cute and take a cheaper defenseman on Toronto with Muzzin not going to be back? You, you got guys like Rasmus Sandin playing pretty good run. I think he's probably the minimum salary play here, even though his rates are putrid. He's just as likely to get you a zero as he is a 10. Um, in DraftKings, as far as like, can he get two assists? Sure, he's going to be out there at five on five. But uh, last game, he played 19 minutes, actually was right in line with Morgan Riley before time on ice. They had 10 goals and Sandin had zero points in DraftKings. I almost feel like that shouldn't be possible, but there it is. Um, he played with Labushkin, who I thought would kind of help him out a little bit in the sense that Labushkin's super defensive, but he didn't have a shot on goal. He didn't have an assist, didn't even have a block shot. So I don't think he'll be piled on because people might just see the zero in a 10 goal game and say, well, I guess never mind. I mean, that was the only pairing for Toronto that didn't give up a goal at five on five. So I don't think they're going to lose any run. They were just boring, which 
I think you can bounce back from, you know, if you're playing boring in a, a game where you up seven, I think that might bode well for them. Um, Riley and Lindgren are the ones that got torched. Lindgren might end up being out of this game. I, I can't imagine they really want to run him back after how bad he looked against Detroit, but we'll see. Um, with all that, I think we can move forward. Uh, we'll have to keep an eye on Justin Schultz as well. He didn't end up playing Saturday, although he was expected at one point. So I think he'll be back, but that's another guy to keep an eye on at minimum salary. He's a pretty good player when he's in at minimum salary for sure. Game number two, Vancouver on a back-to-back against New Jersey. Now it's just about seven o'clock. We don't have the starter yet for the Vancouver Canucks at the Rangers. We shouldn't probably about 10 or 15 minutes here, but it looks like it's going to be Demko. So we're probably going to get a lack here. Now Vancouver plus 110, New Jersey minus 130. I mean, the way I'm looking at this right now where, where I'm sitting is if I can get Vancouver a, a, a better plus money, I would probably take it because of how good they've been playing. I mean, they just, their last game before, obviously the Rangers game, which hasn't happened yet. And, and you, by the time you're listening to it, it has happened. So we're going to have to take in that information, but they slaughtered Calgary. I mean, they beat them bad. Seven to one was the final and they actually really outplayed them at home. Um, the expected goals had them almost a goal better they really, really, really played well against maybe the best team in the league or a top five team in Calgary. I'm not going to go against them right now. And I actually bet them against the Rangers going against, you know, George Evan net. I like them to win this game. I think again, if you get me plus 130, 140, I think I'm going to grab Vancouver for sure, but I do respect New Jersey a bit more than most. They've looked great, but when the goaltending isn't there, they lose eight to five like they did last time out against Chicago. And I don't trust any of their goalies. So we're probably going to see Halak and net for Vancouver also been very bad with the goaltending being this suspect, this bad, I'm taking the over at six, just on the principle that there's enough finishers on both sides to get this done. We definitely know where it's going to come from, from the devils. Their top six has been pretty good. Uh, Brat had the two goal night. Tishier had a bunch of points. Um, against Chicago, Hughes and Sharangovich and Mercer. Um, Zaka also in that top with Hishir and Brat. So we kind of know where it's going to come from. It's easy to put a stack together and feel good about it because it's going to be cheap and contrarian to play the Devils. Um, I don't know how high owned Hamilton will be. Amazingly, he was not on the top power play full time. They actually had Severson still on the top unit. Blew me away. I don't even know what to say about that. That is Criminal, uh, absolutely criminal. I can't imagine it sticks long. Hamilton didn't quite get there. He had 12 fantasy points in his first game or well, second game back um, after a long stint out. But I, you know, I still like him here just fine with any sort of a devil stack if you're going to go that route. I'm personally much more inclined to play Mercer, um, who was not on the top power play, unfortunately. But playing Mercer with Hughes just because Mercer is 2,900 and he's just you know, that's your value play of the night. In my opinion, he's getting the ice time. He has, I would say fine rate stats to get me there, but 2,900 on DraftKings, that feels like a real nice jam. Um, especially with a team on a back-to-back, et cetera. But Jack Hughes has just been so incredibly good that he really lifts all of his linemates around him. And this is a guy that's, you know, 38 points in 33 games. And it kind of feels like it's going way under the radar. Um, he's definitely here to stay. He's one of the better players in the NHL and I'm really excited to see what he can do. So I'm kind of stacking through that line. Um, I see the narrative of going Keishier, Brat and, uh, Hamilton because it could all be powerfully correlated and it definitely doesn't break the bank. It's very, very cheap. 
Um, but those, those lines are, are real good. I think them and Toronto make a lot of sense together, but it might almost be over-owned in a sense. You might want to find a differentiating piece um, to mix in the, with that kind of a, a lineup build. On Vancouver, you know, they just won seven to one, so we, we can't imagine they're going to make any changes. <sighs> you know, it, it's really hard to stack bank. They're kind of doing what Florida does, and they're making it difficult for us to find the perfect stack. Horvat Besser make the most sense with Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes is probably my favorite play per dollar on the entire slate uh, at 5k him and Hamilton just feel like absolute steals. I think that's going to be an easy, easy cash build, but Hughes is really starting to take form as a pro- prolific rate shooter in his past. Well, you know, few games here, but he's had way more shots than I think that we're used to. And if he's going to continue to do that, he is going to be an absolute steal at 5k, you know, nine shots on goal in this past two, even more attempts in that mix there, you know, if they get on net for him, you know, this is a guy that has that kind of upside. And in the, um, the last game, what did he have? Uh, he's not showing up, but yeah, he, he did you know, four shots on net to assist. And, and that's really what you're playing him for. If this guy can hit the shots bonus and get you a couple points, you are really in a good spot because I don't know how high owned he's going to be here. Um, but I like him a ton. He, he's definitely a player that I'm kind of keep my eye on as like the steal in DraftKings every night. And if you're stacking Vancouver, he could not make more sense because they, their power play is so good right now. And he is the quarterback. He is the guy that's moving the puck to the right guy. I'm a huge fan of Quinn Hughes and I'm really excited to see what he can do. That first power play has Horvat and Besser, which I said is probably the easiest stack to take because the five on five correlation with the power play correlation. But if you want to get different, you could just play Pedersen with any of this and feel good about it. Pedersen's been shooting a bit more, especially on the power play. Um, I think that you can make it make a real point for, you know, him being, uh, you know, a, a, a guy that like, just because the correlation isn't there is going to get under own. And there hasn't been that. I don't think he's had a five shot on goal game all year. I'm trying to go way back. Now it hasn't happened since November, I believe. Wow. He ended up having in that game, four shots, missed the net and three get blocked. Still had three on that and scored two goals. I mean, this guy is really just, just, just waiting and, and right on the edge of absolutely smashing. I'm going to try to get it before it happens. And this might be the right spot. So I think if you're stacking Vancouver on a three game slate, Horvat, Besser, Pedersen, and Quinn Hughes is a perfect four man stack. I'm definitely going to be rolling that out um, in, in GPPs. That, that might be the way to go. If you think New Jersey's goaltending is as bad as it's been, it probably could be again here. So let's do it. I think I like that a lot. I think Pedersen to score, Pedersen to have a point is totally fine. Quinn Hughes point prop, I might, I might look if I can find two, a two point night for him. Um, that might be even more fun because he's just such a good power play quarterback. And when he's shooting and it's hitting net, that leads to rebounds, that leads to goals. So Everything being said in this game, probably not going to bet the money line. Definitely already have the over. So let's roll with that and might consider Vancouver if we get better plus money on them. Once the books see a lock in net, et cetera, it might get up to that plus 130, 140 on a back to back. And they're good. They're playing so good right now. I don't care. Final game of the night Boston at LA. LA plus 115. Is this a back to back? Hold on. I thought I had that note written down. No, 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 not bad, back, back, back. Okay, I'm making sure. Um, so both teams are going to have a day of rest. Boston's been on a very, very long road trip on the West Coast. They just came out and, I mean, really, really, really beat down San Jose. It was only three to one was the final, but man, it's you, know, you rarely see the expected goals exactly three to one, uh, but 3.1 for Boston, 1.4 for the Sharks, which is really saying something because they have been 
firing and they looked really good offensively. Boston put the screws to them and beat them. I mean, to a pulp. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely thinking that it's hard to bet against Boston here. Um, but you know, what team has played better, more consistently than LA? I bet them against the Islanders. They go out and win five to two. They just, they have, you know, really three lines that are just good, that good three lines and a fourth line that isn't abysmal. Um, I, I, I feel like that's what I keep saying about them. There's just more depth that meets the eye here. Um, quick should be in net for them. I'm just not touching these money lines. I have no faith in them. I slightly shade the under here. That's the best way of going about it, but I don't think I'm, I'm really going to conclude this in my mix for any reason. Um, what I was really considering was taking the plus 1.5 on LA, but ugh, minus 225 is real, real steep. I think if you're going to do that, you might as well just go all the way and take him at plus money at home. This is a team that just took over a playoff spot. They, they're, you know, they're really rolling high right now. I have no problem with it. Um, that would be my lean, I guess, at least is to just take LA, but I don't think it's worth it. I'm not going to stay up to watch it. So I normally don't bet what I'm not watching. Yeah. I think it's totally fine to fade this one out. Um, it always feels bad to fade a game in, in DraftKings that, finishes the night because then everyone starts catching you when it goes crazy. But this might be a perfect spot. If you aren't playing Boston to just grab Jonathan quick as your goalie. Um, he's played great. Uh, you know, three straight wins the last game, he, you know, 24 and 25 saves and, you know, 19 drafting points definitely gets it done for you. So if you're fading Boston, which I think I might end up doing here, it makes a lot of sense to just throw in quick. Now the one note on Boston, that's important to get to that. I, you know, I think it's been mentioned, but Top line is Bergeron, Marchand, and DeBrusque. That's pretty cool. Uh, DeBrusque only saw 13 minutes. He didn't get any power play one run, but he is playing with Bergeron and Marchand. Uh, that's tough to beat at 3,300. I don't think it's going to go overlooked. Um, you know, there's just no way. Uh, Hall is with Haula and Pasternak. If you want to go that route, Haula is 2,900. <clears throat> is he you know, a substantially different play than playing DeBrusque. I, you know, it, it's a little bit of a, of a downgrade, but in a stack with Pasternak, I think it could make sense. Um, you know, Halva had been a rate shooter in the past, but hasn't as of late. And, uh, you know, this year he's been pretty average as Boston continues to not find a second line center. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that it's a bit contrarian uh, instead of playing a, you know, Bergeron 6,500 with DeBrusque, which I think will be a lot higher owned than Pasternak with um, Haula, you know, it's just a way to get different. And if you think, well, you know, Kopitar's line, et cetera, can, and Deneau really about a really, really good defensive center can shut down the top line in Boston on a long West coast trip. Maybe you think, well, Haula and Pasternak get going. I don't know. Crazier things have happened. So with all of that being said, the only other player I wanted to mention in this game is definitely Victor Arvidsson. He's a guy I've been really jamming. Um, that game against Arizona almost saved my DraftKings lineup, the 23.2 goal night. But he's been popping uh, kind of everywhere. Just a really, really good player. Uh, a guy that's going to be very low owned. Uh, doesn't stack well with his line mates. But I think if you're getting one piece from this game, that might be the best way to go here is just play quick and Arvidsson. Uh, I do like Drew Doughty a ton as well at 5,800. It just feels a little bit low for how much run he gets, but I don't think I'm going to, I just would rather play Hughes and um, Hamilton personally. So that's probably the way I'm going to start and finish it. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that fading Boston feels good, but when it gets to paying up for Toronto, paying up for Washington or paying up for Boston, 
I'm choosing Washington and Toronto, which I think the field might agree with me on, but that's okay. You know, I get different elsewhere and I've mentioned some really good plays there. So favorite plays of the night went probably way too long for a three game slate, but that's okay. Favorite plays of the night. I am going with Toronto. Um, I think that they find a way to get it done here. It, 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 I almost like the over a little bit more at minus 120. It almost feels a little bit cleaner to me, but I don't really mind taking Toronto with the over um, and just saying that Toronto wins by scoring the goals. Samsonov's not very good and, and been bad. I think I see no problem with it. So I did actually do that in a parlay. Uh, weirdly enough on DraftKings, it, it allowed me to parlay them together at a better price than their built-in parlay of Toronto and the over. I don't really know what was up with that, but Hey, I got it at like plus 320, I think. That feels pretty good. Um, game number two, I'm checking right now for you. It is Demko and Net. So we're going to have Halak in Net. So I like the over six. I'm going to grab it right now. Um, actually, I hadn't quite grabbed it yet. I was waiting for that news. But I'm going to take the over six here. And that's probably the best bet for, from this game in general. But Vancouver, if it gets up high enough, uh, you know, plus 130, plus 140 range, that is where I'm going to grab them. Um, I don't think it's worth grabbing the puck line, but if you are going to grab the Vancouver puck line, I think probably pair it with the over itself to say that New Jersey implodes in net, which is likely or at least fair enough to happen. I think that's an interesting way of doing it. If, you can, if it allows you to do that on these books, I don't know if I've ever actually bet that before. Uh, and the last game of the night, not touching. If I'm going to play anything, it's going to be Arvidsson to have a point, Arvidsson to have a goal, just something fun like that. He's just such a great rate shooter. And I mean, you know, the other guy that is on that line that I didn't even really mention is Trevor Moore, who really has, I would say, been a very good value play that's finally getting priced up a bit at well, 4,100. I don't know if I mentioned him, but a guy that's just very silently playing great hockey um, doesn't pair with Arvidsson on the top power play. Neither does know though. So, I mean, if you want to go ultra off the wall, more into no type of situation, I probably not for me, but you know, just something to consider at least. So yeah, I think that probably does it. I don't think I missed anything, anything too big. I hope, um, remember to follow me at DJ underscore virtual 94, follow me at media network, follow the other guys as well. Um, I try to post my picks, but I don't post them every single night just because, uh, well, frankly, I, if I feel like I'm tailing someone in any capacity, I just don't post it. That'd be the best way to put it. If I really try to not look at any other person's anything, uh, you know, or if I do look at them and they're not the same as what I like, then I post them. But I try not to like, if I have the same two picks of someone else that I follow, I try not to post them. That's really the, the reason. If in case you're wondering why I didn't post picks this night, but if you ever ask me, DM me, I'll tell you what I played. I, mean, I don't really mind it in that capacity, but I just don't like to tout whether people tout, um, I know there's no paid description for me, so I kind of do whatever I want, but still, it just feels disingenuous. So, DJ underscore Mitchell 94, Morning Skate Podcast. If you don't follow it or listen to it, that's all DFS uh, Tuesday, Thursday. And the I try to retweet all the lines on that page. So, if you're a person that's trying to find the news and notes, go right there and you'll be good to go. So, thank you for listening. Enjoy your Monday slate. And if you win any big prizes or take any big bets down, uh, send it my way. I haven't really gotten as many uh, screenshots lately. I, I want to get some more. We got one on Sunday, but I want more. So take care. Enjoy your Monday.